What's up, Bar Flies? Welcome into the post-game show, Bear Football. Um, I'm pulling the strings tonight with uh, our guy Aldo at the game. Uh, as you just saw, we, we waited because we didn't want to be scoreboard watching on the show, so we waited to ensure that the Houston Texans and Lovey Smith gave us one little gift right before the end of the year. Uh, the Chicago Bears now have the number one overall pick in next year's draft. Um, I'm fired up, guys. Uh, <laughs> we, we were talking off air. That, that that game was more exciting than anything that we watched in the Bears game today. Um, I, I, I'm, <laughs> Danny Shimon, you're our draft guy, man. What, 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 what's going through your head right now? <laughs> I, I'm thinking, guys, should we change the name of the show today from Bear Football to Draft on Tap right now? Just to go transition right into it right now? Well, we, I think this was a perfect segue into that. Like, we are officially in draft season, and what better way than to watch? Listen, I, I didn't watch as much as the Bears game as I did the Texans and the Colts game. I'm going to be 100% honest with you guys. And I know all of our listeners and viewers are just waiting for our breakdown of Tim Boyle's performance today. But the more important <laughs> important part at hand here is that the bears got the number one overall pick and now the sky's the limit with the flexibility there danny what uh what do you uh, and um, let's let, we can go around the horn here but what, what's your reaction to that well I, I was saying talking to you guys earlier i'm like uh, look at tyler <laughs> Tyler's making me laugh right <laughs> but uh but yeah i mean for for me it was like all right you know I, I was more excited my heart was racing to see the end of that colts game but uh yeah i mean for me right now i'm i'm praying that one of these Teams, these quarterback needy teams, uh, falls in love with one of these quarterback prospects, and and I'm from Ryan Poles, man, man. My my uh, my phone lines are open. Come give me the best offer. The Bears can really do a do a, a great job of of kind of you know energizing and, and recharging or, or super boosting whatever you want to call it their their rebuild here and just load up with with draft picks and not only in this in this class but also in next year's as well. So uh, definitely looking forward. But the the key is one of these quarterback needy teams falling head over heels for one of these quarterbacks because typically that's the kind of guy you go up and get in these in these kind of situations is a quarterback so we'll see what happens but it's exciting now for sure games yeah i agree games, Bro, oh, games man. celebrating <laughs> i'm ready to listen man i i was double fisting until i crushed it john i was double fisting. <laughs> but um happy sunday everybody if you're joining us on youtube facebook twitter um we appreciate you guys spending time with us I'm freaking excited. I mean, we've been talking about it all season. Danny saying how this was the real rookie season for Justin Fields, 64 yards away from breaking the um the the, the um single re single season rushing record. I'm freaking excited because now it's it's time for no excuses. I mean, you when you, when you talk about a brand new regime being set up for success, we're gonna find out how good of a GM polls can be. And what, what what position has a head coach stepped into? We're talking about not even just the draft picks, but as Danny John and AC know. Shout out to my man AC. Bar flight tailgate show in the Let's building. My <laughs> man. Every freaking Sunday. That's my man right there. You already know. But John, over 100 million cap space. I'm just excited to see what we're we'll strategically do. You can't mess this up, right, John? Oh, don't say that. No, you can't. <laughs> you can't mess it up. That's the thing. Is if, if they mess this up, the situation they have laid out this offseason, it'll take the franchise back five years. Four, oh, five I'm trying to mess Listen, it up right here. 
Yeah, listen, that, that cash doesn't spend itself. Those draft picks don't make themselves. They got to get this right. And I mean, they, and, and like I said earlier this week, now Ryan Poles got exactly what he wanted. He can make this team the way that he wants to make it. They tore this thing down to the bare studs, but it's no more of blaming Ryan Pace and, and Matt Nagy now. Anything, every move they make is going to be under intense scrutiny, and rightfully so, because we had to go through this growing pain year of the rebuild. But now, Everything, every signing you make, every draft pick you make, everything that you do moving forward is going to be under the microscope. And if it fails, it's on you. There's no one else to blame other than the GM, the coaching staff, what the front office, whatever. It's on them now. There's the way we, we're not going to blame the ghosts of the past now because they got they're flush with cash, they're flush yeah. with draft picks. They got the number one overall pick that they can potentially turn into a uh, treasure trove of other picks. You got to make it work now. It's on you now. Uh, AC, we were talking about this before we went on air. It's just like, what? uh, there's so much flexibility with that pick. What are you looking to do? I mean, I want to move it. We talked a lot uh, this morning's show about the Colts possibly trying to come up and get a quarterback. And if they can give us their second round pick along with it, you're not hurting as much with that draft pick that you traded away to get to bring in Claypool. You get future assets. And who knows, maybe they throw in DeForest Buckner and we get our three technique as well. I mean, <laughs> just uh, there's so much flexibility. Um, but, yeah, the Colts is what I got my eye on. For them trying to jump the Texans and uh, and and draft a quarterback over them. Um, but, but who knows? I, I mean, I definitely don't want to sit here at one. <laughs> but the flexibility is so big, guys. I mean, I mean, I want to just kind of reach over here and next to my partner and grab his drink and just have a chug right now because <laughs> because I'm thinking like I'm thinking you know Colts are, are awesome awesome uh, option there AC. But how about the Raiders? The Raiders and maybe Devontae Adams could be in that in that package because you have the money to take on his contract. You know, I don't mm-hmm. know what if he has a no trade or anything like that. But I'm just saying like the options are just going to be so wide, so so open now in terms of teams and, and, and players and draft capital and all that stuff. But again, you don't want to fall too far down as well. So you got to get keep teams within that, mm-hmm. I'd say, six, seven range maybe top because, five. you know. Top five. Top yeah, five. a top five would be ideal. Uh, but again, it's, it's like you're going to have to kind of – the more the farther you drop down, the more you're going to get. Mm-hmm. So you have to kind of weigh, you know, both all those uh, scenarios there. But, uh, you know, again, j- just one of these teams has to fall in love with one of these quarterbacks and – you know, the Bears can be sitting real, real pretty there. Danny, Danny, quick question for you. So, you, can you make some – we've been waiting – God, we made it. We've been waiting all season to talk to talk about it. Now we can yeah. finally – Now we can finally talk about it. And so, Danny, we all know, let's be real, our, our the Chicago Bears right now are not contenders. I, I they, they, they can scrap with some good teams, but we, we all know they don't have the talent. So, how far – I don't mind, hey, a double trade. Like, go to number two. Then go to number three, right? Why, sure. why not? Sure, yeah. Why not yeah. multiple draft picks? But Danny, we need generational talent. I don't just yep. anybody I haven't studied the draft yet, but we've talked about D tackle. We've talked about um the front seven. We talked about offensive line. I don't want to go down too far that right. we now have question marks when we mm-hmm. when we're a prime position to have generational talent. Like the goal is to win the Super Bowl. That's the goal. We don't want to draft high. For the second we drafted high, we wanted to win our division. We, like, look at what the what the what the Eagles have done. Look at what the Lions are doing. They're competitive. They're playing competitive football. And so, Danny, the thoughts on not going down too far instead of getting a high grade talent player. Are we we want a bunch of good guys, or we do want that one elite 
with a bunch of good guys. Well, go ahead, John. No, I was going to say, there, if there is the possibility that if the Texans are in love with one of these quarterbacks, that you could trade to two and then trade back to another need, uh, needy fo- uh, quarterback needy football team, uh, and then we just wait for the sequel to draft day yeah. to come out based on Ryan Poles. Uh, but uh, I think that there's a lot of quarterback-hungry teams that are still – pretty high up i mean you're gonna have the texans you're gonna have the seahawks you're gonna have the colts you're gonna have i mean i don't know if the lions the saints saints are gonna be there the falcons are gonna be there the panthers i don't know if they love sam darnold i mean there's plenty of real players there in the top 10 that would love to jump up to number one or if you trade back to three you would love to trade back up into three and all of a sudden you have a you have a big uh uh, you know, pool of assets there. So uh, it, the possibilities here, I know we're going to get really excited and we're going to get ourselves lathered up for the next three months <laughs> or two months trying to figure out what they're going to do with that. And they could, I mean, they could trade this very quickly if some team comes up and says, we'll give you three first round picks. But um, uh, once again, we're being, we're being a little overzealous, but I love that because this is what, this is the most excited we've probably been in a post game show <laughs> for quite some time. And it comes off of, you know, we didn't even pay attention to the, the Bears game. We paid attention to the Texans and, and the Colts. And, and quite frankly, the, the Colts did themselves a favor because now they prevented the Texans from probably choosing the quarterback that they really wanted at number one. In fact, if they really wanted that or they're going to make them work a little bit for it, if that's the case. So the Colts kind of got what they wanted. The Texans did not get what they wanted, even though they won the ball game. And, the, of course, the Bears get what they get. Uh, there's so many things that like we're, we could be looking back on this in five six seven years and think remember the difference between the one and the two pick remember the Jets won that meaningless game a couple years ago and it was the difference between getting Trevor Lawrence and Zach Wilson or uh, remember they I mean for for our older viewers the coin flip between the Steelers and the Bears that decided where Terry Bradshaw was going to go like these yeah. positions mean things they there's important slotted between one and two and it can make all the difference so We'll see, and we're we're gonna have to let this all play out. And I know no one wants to think, no one wants to get there. We just want we just want to speculate right now. And I love that. I love speculation. I love prognosticating, and I love all this stuff that we're gonna be talking about for the next couple uh, months. But uh, there's the fact that they got the number one pick is just. Just, just, it, it be, I didn't think there was a chance. And in fact, I had to, I had to, I had to apologize to Lewis Riddick on Twitter because, <laughs> because he said the Bears were going to be the worst team uh, in the NFL back in August. And I was like, what? Absolutely no way. I'm like, well, he was right. I was wrong. But as if anyone's ever listened to one of my shows, you know that I'm wrong about everything. So that's pretty par for the course. Uh, but <laughs> this is, uh, this is a, a really um, exciting moment. Is as much as you can for a three and fourteen ball club. This is about as exciting as it can get. And listen, it's not like they were awful, awful, awful all year. They had, what, eight one-possession games? So right. I mean, it's, it's not like they were getting absolutely embarrassed every week. Uh, they're going to be able to reload. They're going to be able to spend cash. They're going to be able to use some of this uh, some of this draft capital. So um, going into the offseason, AC, I'll start with you. How, how excited how, is as far as, like, compared to other offseasons? How how afraid? How excited? How happy are you? Well, it's the most excited I've ever been. As a Bears fan, the only quarterback that I've believed in a little bit was Jay Cutler, but now I've got Justin Fields, who I fully believe in, and we have the number one overall pick that we don't have to use on a quarterback. We can load up. I'm really excited, and, and we got all the assets we need. We got all the money, you know, the, the most in the entire league. And then if you load up draft picks, and we saw what Ryan Poles did with his limited draft picks last year. He was able to move up and down the draft board and, and select guys and 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 continue moving forward that way. I, I definitely am – this is the most exciting offseason 
I could think of in a long time. And unless, like after 2018, I was excited for other reasons. I thought we were right, kicking yeah. away, you know. Apples so, but, but yeah, apples and oranges, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, the one thing I, I don't want to be here pouring, you know, some some uh, water on some on the fire and the excitement of, of ours of us here and in the fans as well. But just this quarterback class, guys, has been hyped up to 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 a level where I don't think it's there yet, right? I mean. I mean, but again, all you need is one team to fall in love with one of these quarterbacks. For me right now, going into this whole process, it's early on, but Will Levis from Kentucky is the number one quarterback prospect. You know, everyone talks about Bryce Young. Bryce Young Bryce Young is, guys, is coming, is coming in at 5'10", 190 pounds with, with a above, barely above average arm strength. I don't think he's going to be number one overall kind of material, you know? So so it's Will Levis. The one the one wild card in this, in this quarterback class is Anthony Richardson from Florida. The kid is not ready to be a, a a starter next you know next year, but his his you know his toolbox. I mean he's 6'4", 230 pounds. You know is, is a dual threat quarterback. You know quick arm, uh, quick release, huge arm strength. His thing is he's not ready in terms of his mechanics are off off base. His accuracy downfield kind of is hit or miss. So you know there's development there. So a team maybe like like a Seattle. You know uh, uh, Pete Carroll say hey, I got Geno Smith, guys. He made it to the Pro Bowl this year. So. You, know, you go get a guy like Anthony Richardson, and, and you and remember they stockpile with draft picks as well from the Denver trade. So yeah. Seattle's got a lot of big ammunition. If they want, if they see Anthony Richardson as the future star that they could project, they might come up and say, "Hey, you like, you know, we follow up Anthony Richardson. That's what we want. You know, we're gonna come back. You know, he'll well, Geno Smith start next year for us as well, and, and Richardson kind of sit back and, and get better, and then they potentially could have a star on their hands there as well. So you know, this, this class to for me next year's class quarterback class with drake may and, and williams from usc and and uh and ears from uh, from texas are those are guys that excite me more as a scout than, than this yeah. overall class here but again going into this process it's going to be will Lewis for me until and again anthony richardson is the wild card but all you need is just one team just one team to fall in love with a quarterback prospect and they're going to go ahead and, and do what like ryan pace did give up a bunch of picks just move at one spot because he fell in love with with mitch Trubisky. Well, if we're having this conversation again at this time next year, then there's gonna there's a, there's a real big problem. So, right. Uh, right. so uh, we're, we we can we're gonna uh, it, like you said, Danny. It only takes one person to fall in love with a with a guy to move up the number one. We've seen quarterbacks get overdrafted before, uh, not necessarily because that's where their talent slates out at, but where a team says we need a franchise guy and this is our opportunity to go get one, and we're gonna take him over some position players that can have a bigger impact uh, or a more immediate impact and and roll the dice uh on a quarterback uh Gaines I want to ask you because you're always the you're always the Mr. Positivity here and so this is actually giving you a reason for a lot of that positivity what do you want to see happen in the offseason because there is not well, we all know what we want to see in the offseason but specifically uh what do you want how do you want to feel whenever we start this show back up uh you know before the season as we as the as the rosters build up everyone's drafted what what kind of mindset are you hoping to have going into next year Brother John, full transparency, brother. I want to feel we are truly on track to contend for a Super Bowl. I want to okay. feel we have put pieces in place like the Eagles felt two years ago. The Eagles did a bunch of different moves, went picks, they got hurt, hurt, and then he was even like getting criticized. I, after this offseason, I want to feel like we have the youth because youth means. This is, bro, this is exciting because we get to actually, this is a test for, our staff is about to get tested on scouting and personnel development. 
It's one thing to draft a player. It's another thing to develop a player. So now can we develop homegrown talent, John, which also allows us to keep our own players so we don't have to spend too much of free agency, right? Mm -hmm. So next, when we start a show back up, bro, obviously it'll be very ambitious to say we're going to win it all next year. No, but I expect us to to contend for our division. Contend because with new talent, the youth, with the money, we should have a lot of veterans, a nice high price. If we have so many draft picks, John, I feel like the money we're going to spend should be on high-grade veteran players, right? To, to kind of mold that. So I expect us to finish second, third, and above in our division next year, bro, molding our new assets. And so that's what I truly feel. Cool, cool. And uh, AC, I believe, uh, is Matt Eberflus at the podium yet? Uh, no, right now I'm watching on my phone, and it looks like it's Nathan Peterman. Do you guys want to well, hear? What no, I think say? we'll keep we'll keep we'll keep this uh, train rolling. In. <laughs> <laughs> no, no respect Nathan Peterman, but I don't want to hear anything from him today. No, yeah, I, you know yeah. what? I think we're okay on that. But uh, g- coming off that, what you said, Gain, you you want to see a contender, you want to see a good product on the field, you want to you want to be able to say you don't blow all your money in free agency because you want to cultivate it uh, in uh, in the draft, which I think which what most great teams do so i want to pose a question to all three of you that i posed probably three or four weeks ago on my show and i I want to see if there's anything different going into 2023 you know playoffs be darned right now between you know detroit and green bay whatever happens there tonight but going into 2023 what team in the nfc north would you most want to be which one do you think has the most bright future and what if you had to take over as a head coach or you're a player or a gm what team you say I want that team going into 2023. Which which one are you taking, Danny? I'll start with you, and then we'll go uh, we'll go around the horn to Tyler and then AC. I'm taking the Matt Campbell knee biting kneecap biting Detroit Lions, and and the reason why I'm taking them is because they have young talent that's ascending, that's getting better. Right? We're talking about Aiden Hutchinson. We talk about Kirby Joseph, the, the young safety. You know, and, and then they have they have uh, you know Jerry Goff there at, at quarterback, which you know. Could, could be a guy that you can kind of win with, but not win because of. But we'll see how it happens there with, with their quarterback. But they have a, a young, dynamic offense, and, and then they're built around the running attack, right? So the same thing here with the Bears. You want, you want an offense built around that rushing attack along with Justin Fields, and then your quarterback, and then now you put some weapons around Justin Fields. So you have an offense that can, that can average, you know, 25 to 26, 27 points a game. And then you, get, you come with a defense. That's not going to be perfect. You know, it's going to be defense that, that's going to be better than this year, right? If, if you have an offense average about 25 to 20, 27 points a game and your defense is top 10 or, or top 12, you're going to win games, guys. You're going to win a lot of ball games. Obviously, special teams has to be respectable as well. You know, and then for me, in terms of my expectations going next year, like I, assuming – Obviously, you have to see what they do in the offseason, right? We got We can't just assume they're gonna get the, the, the every. Not every pick's gonna be right. Not every signing's gonna be great. So, assuming they put together a, a decent, you know, uh, roster of talent, I think they should be able to at least contend for one of these wild card spots. Gaines, who you want to be going into twenty twenty three? Not including the Bears. No, include the Bears. Put them in there. And so, like my first, when you first asked the question, I agree with Danny. The Lions. Um, but like overall, like including the Bears, I gotta say the Bears, just because when a head coach takes over a team, John, they gotta mostly they, they take what they're given. They take what they're given. So a head coach right now, Ibrus who's coming in, he has the true pick of the litter to inject his culture into the team. 
that's like huge for somebody trying to place a vision to the newest person on the team. That's huge for the for and so in my opinion, it would be the Bears. I love the Lions. But golf got Turner, Eberflus at the podium. He's at the podium. Let's go to him, bro. All right, let me figure all this stuff out. <laughs> Just like Aldo. Yeah. <laughs> I think Aldo's a little better than me. There we go. We're bringing here. him in. Can you guys I can see, yeah. I see Twitter. I see Twitter. Well, so I thought speak. it would be right here. Yeah, I thought it would be right here on Twitter. Well, I Gaines, finish your thought while uh, while he's yeah. getting that up for us. So, and so my my my, my thought yeah, is let me figure it the out. Bears the Bears have so many assets, John, like astronomical. Even before today, they had great assets with all these all these picks and cap space. But you actually have your quarterback. That's like from AC standpoint. AC knows my <laughs> he knows my deep rooted passion for like we've never had a quarterback that we truly believe in. We've had a couple of decent ones that I believed in, but like be, being seriously now, Justin Fields is phenomenal. Mm-hmm. He has Justin Fields has an opportunity to be top five, top ten quarterback. I mean, we talk he broke Michael Vick's Lamar Jackson records, and so with that being said. We, I, John, I want us to get that first pick right. So my pick is the Bears to answer your question. Yeah, and I, I, I go back and forth because I really think the Lions have a good infrastructure that, uh, moving forward. Uh, but I also think about who am I going to win a championship with or who can I win a championship with? Uh, and I'm not sure Jared Goff is a quarterback. He's been to a Super Bowl. Uh, they didn't win. He's been there. I'm not sure if he can win a Super Bowl uh, in Detroit uh, with Kirk Cousins and the Vikings. They have a ton of talent. Uh, it's that's there's no there's no debating that. Uh, but can you win a Super Bowl with Kirk Cousins? We'll figure out this playoffs if he if he can elevate his game uh, in the playoffs. And with the it's, with Green Bay. You, you, there's no guarantees. You're, you're coming in there and you don't know, is it going to be Aaron Rodgers? Is it going to be Jordan Love? Is he going to play one more year? Is he going to play two more years? Is he going to, is, uh, is, uh, what's going to, is he going to get traded or they're going to, what's going to go on here? So, uh, there's, I, there's some uncertainty there. Uh, and maybe it's just because we haven't had one, at least in my lifetime, uh, as Bears fans, but like, as far as having a, franchise quarterback that you know is going to that you've drafted and is going to be your future that just means a lot to me that for me that just that that's the, that's the most stabilizing force that you could potentially have and uh as soon as Matt Eberflus starts talking I'll shut up but uh and then oh geez uh <laughs> AC you just took us into the matrix there all right uh but uh yeah, I don't know I, what the I, hell I'm doing <laughs> You know what? It's the off season. We were, it doesn't even matter. Uh, which I which I can't wait to ask Aldo when he gets back uh, from from uh, Soldier Field. What was it like to be at a game at a Bears game at Soldier Field where the majority of the Bears fans didn't want the team to win? Like I, I want to know. I want to know what that atmosphere is like. When everyone was like, "Guys, just lose, just lose," but you're still uh, in Soldier Field. But yeah, um, when they took those three points off at the half, I'm like, "Come on, man! This is time yeah. you need those points." What are you doing? Isn't that yeah. it's 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 weird how you can wire yourself like that? Like I, I it was so it was like weird, cringy for me because I knew what was at stake and I knew that like this was what like it's one of those things where it's like this is what's best for them, this is what's best for them. But I still right. it's like oh why am I why am I why am I thinking that way? Uh, but um, to 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 roll this back a little bit, I, I love the position that the Bears are in now. They are they do have the most un unknowns because they do have all of this flexibility with draft picks and free agency that 
if you ask me this question again in September, maybe it's a little different depending on how they, if they decide to go, you know, uh, bargain bin hunting again and get a bunch of guys on one year contracts. And I'm not necessarily going to feel great about the team in its current state, but I don't think they're going to do that. Uh, and um, uh, I'm going to skip over you there, AC, but uh, Danny, if you, if they, if they decide that they're going to, you know, load up on whatever, the, whatever position they need, um, what position of need do you think that they have to absolutely address in the draft and then position they absolutely have to address in free agency? Because when you look at some of the free agent lists, it's, I mean, I'm just going to use receiver as an example. The mm -hmm. the free agent pool at receiver is horrendous. But, receiver. but, but receiver in free agency. No, the, the only way you address receivers either through the draft or via veteran trade. The free agency yeah. receivers, unless you're bringing in a, a number three or number four receiver, that, that's different. But I think your roster is already inundated with three or four receivers around, you know, on your roster currently right now. So and they got four guys under contract. You got you got Claypool, Mooney. Uh, you signed St. Brown to an extension. You got Bayless Jones. How many receivers are you going to carry? And, and Pringle was a two-year deal. Wasn't Pringle a two-year deal as well? I'm not sure if he's on or not. But that means you you basically got one or two spots left that you can sign. One of them better be on the towards the top of the depth chart and not just and and just you know towards the bottom so you think right. it's got to be a trade or, or the draft for a wide receiver it, yeah it's, it's got to be a draft to pick or it's got to be a trade but but for me uh the number one priority is offense and defensive lines i'm i'm a big believer big proponent and you build if you have a solid offense a solid offensive line solid defensive line you have a solid football football team if those two units are are, are suspect or, or are horrible then you're gonna have a I don't care how much talent you have on the outside. You're going to have a horrible football team overall. So you 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 devote whether it's your your, your fridge resources to the defensive line, uh, your fridge resources to the offensive line. One of those two has to be hit via free agency, and the other one's got to be hit via the draft. Now, my preference again, it all depends on what happens with other teams, who they franchise, who they transition tag, and all that stuff. But my preference, just looking at the free agent list, is you go defensive line and free agency, and you are you have ability, especially if you trade back and you and you, you get recoup multiple draft picks you can get offensive line help via the draft and and a couple of areas i'm looking for uh, an offense line in the draft is right tackle specifically and guys i'm looking at center center is, is a position that a lot of people just kind of assume that lucas patrick is going to be your center next year guys lucas patrick again albeit he wasn't a healthy season for him he hasn't proven to me he could play uh, guard or center or be a starter he could be a nice rotational guy nice backup sure but he cannot play guard for sure you know can he play center we don't know but that is a huge position for, uh, for me in terms of the offensive line and the other the other spot is is left guard Cody Whitehair's got a nine million dollar deal that's an option I think it's a team option uh you know is is he for me he's just a, he's just a guy now he's not not someone that that's you know great or, or horrible he's just a guy you know are you going to live with that nine million for another season of, of, of Cody Whitehair there at left guard are you going to maybe you know, trade them, cut them free, and bring in a, a cheaper or lesser, you know, prospect. We'll see what happens there. But to answer your question, John, offense and defensive line are first and foremost on my list. And this is where Ryan Poles for me is. It, I'm I'm watching him closely here. Obviously, this this is his second season as a GM. Last year, we knew what it was. He was trying to do early on. He was trying to you know cut bait and try you know get under the cap, eat all this de dead money, and, and recoup some draft picks and, and build a team via via the draft, which is fine, and great. Now, Ryan Poles, we talked about it earlier in the beginning of the show. You are under a microscope here because you have, a, 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 you know, I want to see your ability to, to, to put a team together. You know, you know, you know, we think you we think you can draft offensive linemen because you hit that fifth round pick with Rex and Jones. You got a couple of guys in the, on, on this, you know, second day of the draft that could be potential starters, could be nice backups. We'll see how it goes there. So, you know, Ryan Pulse to me is under the microscope right now. I want to see what he does next. But offense, defensive line, you get those two units built, you get you make them rock solid. And now you start building out from the outside. 
AC, I haven't heard your voice in a long time, and I miss it. So, what do you think they're going to go? What do you yeah, think they're going to address in free agency? <laughs> well, I just want to apologize. First of all, I don't know what I was doing wrong. I shared my screen with YouTube. I could hear it in my headset, but uh, you guys. Told well, as long me as you're having a good time, so, that's all that matters. So so I as just, long as you're well, I wasn't. I, I was not because I don't. <laughs> obviously, I, obviously nah, I don't know what the hell I'm doing. So, uh, amateur hour over here. Uh, but uh, I'm sorry. What was your question? One more as time? far as where, where they should spend money in free agency and where they should pay attention to in the draft, because as we were talking about before, the the free agent pool with wide receivers terrible. Uh, but you assume that right. they're gonna they're gonna try to add someone of a higher value, not just a number five or a number six, given what the depth chart currently looks like. Uh, but right. they have, as Danny said, just big needs across both lines offensive and defensive yeah. so where, yeah, where I mean, do you want that, to spend the money and where do you want to grow them that's where i'm focusing at uh is building through the trenches uh the question you asked earlier which nfc north team i would take over or try to emulate would be the lions for that very reason they have dumped resource after resource into into both their lines to the point where jared goff actually looks like a decent quarterback and i really don't think he is one um, so that was that's definitely where I'm going. Deron Payne is my number one free agency hits. I'm talking Julius Peppers, you know, send, send your coach out there at his doorstep at midnight and go get that guy because I really think he would mean a lot to our defense. Uh, you could plug him in at three technique, you know, unless Washington re signs him. That's that's my number one priority is go get Deron Payne. And then, I mean, who knows who you end up with in the draft? You know, there's a few edge rushers I like. Will Anderson's pretty good. Tyree uh, Wilson out of Texas Tech. I've watched a little bit of him. I like how he is. I like how Miles Murphy is built out of Clemson. Uh, so I, I really think if you can get the three technique and free agency, you don't have to worry about hoping you get Jalen Carter, who would be a perfect three technique. You can work on the edge rusher in the draft and, I feel like there's a few of them there that I like a lot. How are you moving these chess pieces around, Gaines? Bro, I don't know. It's so it's fun. But yeah. I, I don't know because when AC talks about Carter, I've only done minimum research, but that's the name that keeps coming up for me is Carter, that he's the closest to a generational talent. I don't know. I'll do that for the experts. But me and Danny have talked about that. He plays defensive tackle, right, interior? Yeah, I saw him in Lexington. He didn't have a great game against Kentucky. Um, and then he struggled against Ohio State, which obviously they were focusing on him. And there's questions about his uh, stamina, a lot like when Jordan Davis was coming out last year, they were questioning his stamina. I mean, I don't know if he's to that level of – I loved Jordan Davis coming out last year, um, but he wrecked us, you know, and, and I really didn't see that out of Jalen Carter. I don't know – what the issue was if he's been dealing with you know everybody's banged up it was kind of late in the season i don't i really don't know but it kind of assaulted me away from Jalen carter a little bit but you know i'm i'm no danny shimmon i don't <laughs> i don't break down the tape like him and neil but uh from my perspective i don't know if Jalen carter if i would take him that high now if you trade back some and right. he's still sitting there sure go ahead you know uh, so but uh we're moving the pieces john that's what I was kind of hoping. Yeah, who if the Colts, like AC said, want the quarterback so bad, cool, go to number one. I go to number mm -hmm. two, I'm still answering my phone. That's that's what, honestly, I hope that's the first move. Unless it's devolving, which you said first. If Devontae Adams is available for the number one overall pick, you make that damn trade. 
and depending on where the Raiders shake out in their draft positioning. Right. And, 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 I, and I think all of us, and I'd say 99% of the people in the chat room are in agreement that trade the pick. Trade the pick and see what you get for it. Now, Danny, let's just for the sake of, you know, being, you know, devil's advocate here. Is there a player in this draft to say, I don't think it's worth trading. We got to get this guy. Is there a player at any position in this draft where you say, we got to use the number one overall pick because this guy is going to be a generational talent at any position? Or is it just so much like there's a bunch of good players, but nothing that says, whoa, we, we, we don't need to trade this pick. Yeah, I mean, in terms of in terms of the, the the players in the draft, there isn't for me there isn't a generational type of, of player. I mean, there, there are some very the guys that can become like Jalen Carter. He has a chance to be a dominant interior presence on, on the Bears defensive line. But you know, there there are you know some who are have talked about his off the field stuff. I haven't heard anything off the field, but there are some reports of him being off the field issues. Obviously, the Ohio State game. We're not gonna. I'm not gonna base my my overall projection on him off of one game. I, I take an entire body of work, which is all, all three years at, at Georgia. You know, but Ohio State, he looked like he was, you know, fatigued. It looked like conditioning wasn't well. You know, was he dealing with a, with a bug? I mean, was he sick? We don't know. We haven't heard anything. So, you know, so I'm not going to I'm not gonna kind of take that and just kind of put it all into the But in terms of the, the number of all of our players, there isn't a guy that I'd say, all right, you know what? This guy can be a generational player for sure without any any question marks. You know, obviously, John Carter falls into a position where, yes, he could be dominant. You know, in terms of pass rush, guys, the, I know everyone loves Will Anderson, and, and I think he's a hell of an athlete, hell of a pass rusher for Alabama. But I, I just struggle with the fit here on this on this on this defense. He's 230 mm. pounds. You know, he's not going to be a hand in the ground defensive end. Now, so I, I why I've been going back and forth with Will Anderson. I'm, I've been looking at Von Miller, I'm looking to see how Von Miller has been used over his career. He's been a three-four outside linebacker. Obviously, with the Bills, he plays a defensive end. When he comes in and rushes the the, uh, the opponent, but they do a, a nice way. They have a nice package, a nice plan there for Von Miller. You know, are you going to use a number one potential number one overall pick on a guy that you can't? You have to have a kind of a, a game plan for, a package for. You know, I, I struggle with him back and forth. The guy that I absolutely love in terms of a pass rusher, not sure I take him number one overall, is Tyree Wilson from Texas Tech. This guy talked about six five, six six, long arms. You know, he's only had seven and a half sacks this past season, but this guy is dominant. I mean, you guys put on this guy's tape, and he's not he's not Nick Bosa, but he hits players like Nick Bosa does, meaning that he hits them and they feel it. Quarterbacks get rattled. Running backs get get tackled through the body. I mean, it's 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 just he's that plays with that kind of physicality that I just love watching him. Now, the one thing with him is he broke his foot. He broke his foot, and he says he's going to be ready to go ahead and and, and play, uh, or or do the the whole the whole draft process, and he'll he'll be ready for that. But big guys, six five, six six, that much, you know, uh, two seventy two, two seventy five, two eighty, with with bad feet, scare me. You know, they're the scare me. So I I got to make sure that's all taken care of. Danny, when did when did he break your brother? It broke it out versus Kansas State. So I, I think it was like uh seventh or eighth game of the season when I'm if I'm not mistaken. So halfway halfway through the season. He said he's gonna be ready to do all the pre-draft stuff. So we'll see how it goes. But that's one red flag. I will look at his foot and I'll make sure that that is all crystal clear. But uh I, I'm not going that, that's the guy I love. I love Tyree, Tyree Wilson. I love his fit because he's he's gonna be a true hand in the ground defensive end. And he also has the ability to stand up in a two-point stance and rush from a two-point stance as an outside linebacker. Now, he doesn't have the athletic overall ability, obviously, of a, of a Will Anderson. He, Will Anderson is about 6'2", 6'3", 230 pounds, dripping wet. You know, so we'll see how that goes there. But, uh, you, know, you know, definitely you know, there's a lot of players here, a lot of good players, chances that they can beat dominant players. Obviously, Carter, Will Anderson, Tyree Wilson, just to name a few. Paris Johnson, the offensive tackle from Ohio State. He plays yeah. left tackle. For me, he's a right tackle. You, he's a plug-and-play right tackle. For the Bears, you, but obviously you don't take them number one overall. You kind of, if you can trade, trade down, that's why I'm staying in the top 
10 or 12 if, for a Paris Johnson. He's like, I can play at right tackle. Roderick Johnson, the, uh, I think it's Jones, uh, the tackle, left tackle for Georgia, is a guy that's also athletic, physical. He can also play right tackle for you as well. So there are options here. Skoransik, the, the kid from Northwestern, who's played left tackle uh, at, at Northwestern, took over for uh, Rashawn Slater when he left for the NFL. He could play some left tackle. He could be a dominant left guard. So now if you get a Skoransik in here, now you have a, your left side where you have a, a Braxton Jones and a Skoransik. Now you're building yourself a nice dominant left side of the offensive line. So a ton of things to get, to get excited about, a ton of players. is just in terms of where you're going to position yourself how far back are you gonna you're gonna trade down? Mm-hmm. But if you don't tr- if you you don't find a partner, if no one's gonna give you what you think that number one overall pick is worth, you gotta go and go and make the, the best pick for your for your uh, for your team. And for me right now, it's either Jalen Carter or Tyree Wilson. So that uh, what you just said brought something to my mind, Danny. It's like how far are you willing to trade down? Because the further you go down, and I'm trying to look at an updated list here right now, but you you have uh, the the Commanders at 14. Uh, you have then, then you can go far. You can go as far down as 15. the Jets at fifteen, or even the the Buccaneers at nineteen. Because for all, I can't imagine Brady coming back. So maybe they feel like they're going to go get you know a Garoppolo or a or or a, a Derek Carr. But uh, how far are you willing to go down? And I and I posed this question. Uh, earlier this week, but I didn't use the commanders as an example. Let's just say the commanders at 14 say, if you trade us the number one overall pick, you go down to 14, but you also get Terry McLaurin with it. No, are, are, it's going uh, to be no. more. I mean, I'm, yeah. I'm going to from, from one to four with, with the pa- I should clarify that this is going to be a, a that's going to be packs. that's going to be the those are going to be the crown jewels of the package and then you and then you sprinkle in some supplementary picks in there as well uh but are, are you would you be willing to move to a 14 or would you be willing to move to a 19 or uh, if the if the buccaneers threw Mike Evans in there like what what would the what would the package actually have to look like for you to be willing to move down that far into the draft First yeah, I mean, for, for me to the first go ahead, go ahead, Tyler. Go ahead, Tyler. You want to? <laughs> no, I'm sorry, Danny. No, your firstborn. It would have to include your firstborn son. Go ahead. What if they give you next year's? You, you swap them and you get next oh. year's first round pick too. Let, let's use the Washington example for for example, like Washington, right? So you say Washington gives you the, the 14th pick, Terry McLaurin. I'm going to want their their first, the 14th pick, Terry McLaurin. The second round pick this year, a, a fourth round pick this year. I want the first and second round picks next year. That's how much because the, the higher the lawyer go down. The higher they come up, mm-hmm. the more you're gonna get, right? So I mean, I'm I'm talking about treasure troves of 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 uh, of picks and potentially players there. But I mean, if, if in terms of just just picks, with no players involved, I mean, I'm looking at six or seven because again, you drop down to six or seven, you still have a chance at, at Tyree Wilson, at Skoransik, you at Paris Johnson. You know, these guys that can come in and, and be starters for you next year at a position of need. But uh, but speaking of position of need, though. How much is Ryan Poles going to want a number one wide receiver, and how much is he willing to move back to get that? Because he's not going to get it. He's not going to get it. if you even if you draft a receiver high this year, he's not going to be your number one. There's no, no one in free agency that's going to be your number one. No. What are you? How far are you willing to? What are you willing to concede to bring in a number one to your team, and and still you know try to get equal value for that pick? Right. So, I mean, you, you got to see how things shake out. There's always in the offseason, always someone comes available that 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 you don't know about. Yeah. I mean, from from yeah. from the rumblings, I've not obviously this is not confirmed. It's all speculation. But, you know, DeAndre Hopkins is, could be available sure. for a day three pick. You know, is that a guy you guys want? I would love to have DeAndre. I know he's up there in age. I know he's got a, he's got a one year contract, I believe, in a 20 million range or close to it. But we know salary cap is not going to be an issue. Right. You bring a guy like that that can be a veteran presence for 
for the Claypools, for the Moonies, for these young guys, and you draft a kid in the second or third round, you have a mentor now that's going to be, you know, a guy that's going to be a true number one, a guy that is not what he used to be, okay, albeit we understand, but he's still a very damn good productive player and a guy that can that can be a go-to guy for Justin Fields. Now you put a guy like DeAndre Hopkins in there with the Claypools, with the Cole Komet, with the Darnell Mooney, with, you know, or Justin Fields. I mean, now you have some weapons that you can actually attack defenses with. So, you know, that's a name to keep an eye on. We talked about Devontae Adams, and the only reason his name is coming up is because of the whole Derek Carr situation. Mm-hmm. But, right. you know, he said that he's he's happy with, with being in Las Vegas. We'll see how that thing shakes out. But, you know, th- these are things where you have to get creative if you're Ryan Poles because, like you mentioned, John, for agency, that's not an area you're going to go and upgrade your re- receiver position. That's why the reasons why I think he – Poles went ahead and made the Claypool trade because he knew sure. there wasn't anyone out there in Fridge that was better than a, than a Chase Claypool. So that's why he gave mm-hmm. up that second round pick to get Claypool. Because so you got to get creative if you want to bring in a veteran uh, uh, receiver here to be your quote unquote number one. Which that second round pick of, of, is basically the thirty second overall pick with right. Miami forfeiting their first rounder, which becomes a, basically. Another first rounder that's going to Pittsburgh, who just missed the playoffs today as well. So they're going to be looking to to reboot a little bit here. So uh, AC, I'm going to bring you in on this. How far are you willing to fall down into the draft if they if they're going to give you a treasure trove of picks and maybe a wide receiver? How far down are you willing to go? Because I'm gonna I want to preface it with this as well, though. You're hoping that you're never picking in this spot again, right? Ever. Right. You're hoping that you don't have a top five pick, a top ten pick, hell, even a top fifteen pick. You're hoping this is a one and done. Get everything you can for it, mm-hmm. uh, and, and if you and if you're if you're not going to stay in the top five and you're going to punt down to 14, 15, it's going to have to be a lot, right? Right. I mean, I would look at the Jets at fifteen. You know, they you know they want a quarterback. They have a ton of pieces on defense that maybe they can tie into that draft pick and send you a whole bunch of pieces. But in general, I'm not coming out of the top ten. Uh, I think Carolina's got the eighth pick or something like that. Maybe that's somewhere intriguing with them, but I don't know if I want any players off their roster. You know what I mean? Atlanta, Atlanta's so, eight and Carolina's nine. Oh, okay. So I was looking at uh, – I thought it was seven it was, and then eight. I think that, that, I, think I haven't looked at it updated. <laughs> yeah, this just I, this looks like it just got updated about 26 minutes ago. <laughs> yeah, right now we got, let's see, Bears 1, Houston 2, Seattle 3 via the Denver trade, Arizona 4, Colts 5, Detroit 6 because of the Rams pick, and then Vegas is 7th right now. Yeah. And then oh. Falcons and then Panthers. Yep. Yeah. But that's so, that's mean, probably the lowest I'm looking is, is maybe the Panthers try to jump some other teams to go get a quarterback. They've got a couple of young players like a Brian Burns that rushes the passer really well for them if they would be willing to tie him into a into a trade package, but uh, yeah, I'm not going out of the top 10 if I can help it. <laughs> I'd like to, yeah, staying in the top 10, I think would be, would be the target. Is, is Danny, is there, a, is there a possibility that a, uh, like someone like a Will Anderson could still be there at, at eight that you, that you could say that you're, that you're targeting or is he, is he going to be uh, swallowed up by them? Because whoever you trade with is obviously going to take a quarterback. And right. So that, that, that eats up one of them. Uh, but mm-hmm. uh, so it, is it could have, could one of those guys maybe even fall to, uh, you know, seven, eight, nine. I, I, right now, John, I, I don't think he would. Obviously, it's early in the process, but I'm, I'm just looking at the at the order is right now. I mean, I think Seattle could take him at number three because they run a hybrid. You know, Clint Hurt is their defensive coordinator. He they run a hybrid three four defense, and I think they could use a pass rusher there out in Seattle. Uh, Arizona obviously could use them. You know, uh, with with what they have out there. 
you know, uh, we've talked about the Colts before. They, they run a traditional four threes, but, you know, we'll see how what happens there in Indy in terms of the coaching staff, who they bring in. You know, they might bring in an offensive or defensive coordinator that runs a three, four defense. It's all be a nice ideal fit for them there. So, you know, there's different scenarios you could do. Obviously, the, the Raiders could take them as well. So I, I, I do not see Will Anderson really, again, early on. I don't see him dropping beyond, you know, four or five possibly if, if the Bears or a first couple teams, uh, you know, skip him or pass him up. And we keep talking about the defensive side of the ball, and, and but you know obviously a huge area of need is the offensive line. And so, what right. as far as how high is too high for one of the uh, the offensive linemen yeah. in this draft, uh, Danny? How impressive is the offensive line uh, crop coming out this year? And wow. uh, and if you're really targeting one, could you trade back to ten or eleven to, to get yeah, the best the, one? The offensive line is is uh, I mean, and we're looking at tackles mostly, right? I mean, right right now, like there isn't a tackle I would say it's it's worthy of a top top two or top three pick. Uh, you know, we talked about some of the guys that can drop down later on. We're talking Paris Johnson. He's a guy from Ohio State. He's played both left and right tackle. He played left tackle this year. I see him as a right tackle. I see him more on that 8, 9, 10 range right now. You know, he's a guy that you, if you get dropped down that far, you know, he could probably pick him and plug him in a right tackle. And you, got, you have your starter. You have your bookend tackles with Braxton Jones and, and uh, Paris Johnson. The other guy um, I like is uh, this, this kid from, um, from Georgia. Uh, Broderick Jones is, is his name, 6'4", 6'5", 285 pounds, 290. He's more of an athletic left tackle. Some like him as a, as a guard. I, I like to see him, you know, uh, try him out there left tackle. So, you know, obviously, there isn't any, like, you know, can't miss prospect here. And then, obviously, we talked about Skoransky, uh, the kid from Northwestern. Guys played left tackle successfully at Northwestern. You know, uh, can he play? He's going to come in probably measurables will be lesser ideal than what we want at left tackles, similar to what uh, happened with Rashawn Slater. But, of course, mm-hmm. he's been playing left tackle for the Chargers, and, and he's been doing all right. So, but for Skronzik, I would bring him in and plug him in at left guard, and I'd have him and Braxton Jones as my bookends on, on the left side and not even worry about that anymore. And then just worry about obviously centered and, and in right tackle. So, mm-hmm. you know, those are those are the areas. For, for Skronzik, you're probably looking at 12, 10 or 12 right now. Again, guys, this is all early on. These, you know, how things happen with the, the combine, the senior bowls and all these all the games, guys jump up and down the boards. But if we're looking at, at these offensive line players right now, Paris Johnson, probably 9, 10, Skronsic, more 10, 12 is the area range in which they're probably going to go at right now. So let's let's go around again because I, we, uh, we're talking about the future and we're going to continue talking about the future until we see it actually unfold. So let's try to put a bow on the season that we just watched end. And AC, I'll start with you. If you got to give a, a report card to uh, Ryan Poles and Matt Eberflus, what are you what are you giving them uh, at the at the end of this season after everything you saw last off season, how Poles handled his business? Uh, how do, how do you grade him and Eberflus for the uh, for the fact that they did lose 14 games, but they didn't get crushed in all of them? Right. So what what do you, what do you think? Uh, I gotta go with like a C minus. I'm gonna be honest. I mean, I love Justin Fields. I love to see his development. Um, but if you remember how much of a gaggle fuck the off season was with Tevin Jenkins, is he coming? Is he not coming? Are we cutting him? Are we trading him? Uh, you got Eberflus. I mean, he's been okay. He hasn't been a Dabble or or a, a Doug Peterson, you know, some other first-year coaches that I like better. Uh, luckily, he wasn't a Nathaniel Hackett either. But, uh, yeah, I, so I'm going to go, like, right in the middle. I wouldn't give him a failing grade, but they could have done better. I mean, Ryan Poles' big swing for a um, wide receiver in the, in the draft was Valus Jones, who – 
is he a running back? He can't return punts. He can't return kicks because he fumbles. Uh, I don't. I I don't know what we're doing there. So that, that's why I'm kind of like right in the middle. I wouldn't give him a failing grade because he was kind of up against the wall with the cap. You know, partially his own fault because he's tearing it down. But you know, uh, but that that keeps me from give. I can't give him an A or a B because of that. Although, although Vales, guys, had, Vales had a good game today. I mean, I, I think of all of it. As He's had a good he had a nice, uh, run. He had a nice back shoulder adjustment, made a catch. Uh, so, I mean, he held on to the ball, didn't fumble it. Yeah, he's had a good about three weeks. The last three weeks has been okay. Yeah, you know why? Because three weeks ago I said he could potentially be on the practice squad next year, and then all of a sudden he turned out. So I told you, I'm, I'm able to speak the opposite into existence. Hey, and that's why I'm right I said, there with you, John. Yeah. I came on here and said, I think we need an upgrade at tight end, and then Cole Komet was like, let me go do a hat trick right quick. Then you can shut your mouth, AC. <laughs> yeah, it's like I, I said, they're they're not a two or three win team. They are. I said they're not going to get the first overall pick. They got it. Uh, Bayless Jones is struggling. He might not make the team next year. Uh, making you know you know home run plays. So as long as I keep saying things and I want the opposite to happen, I think we're going to be just fine. Uh, <laughs> Gaines, I want to go to you as far as report cards go. Give, give me one for Eberflus. Give me one for Ryan Poles. A report card? Yeah. What's a great letter grade? It's kind of tough, bro. It, it, it's truly kind of tough, man, because polls is Iberflus has to operate in the present time, and polls has to operate in the future. Mm. And like taking my emotions out of it, Brian Poles has done great things for the Bears over the next two three years, and Iberflus has to operate with trying to win games. And after Robert Quinn, Khalil Mack. Um, Roquan Smith, like it's really tough to win games, bro. Mm -hmm. And like, in my honest opinion, it's 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 tough, bro. I can say CC, I can say BB. In terms of what is the goal of a GM and a head coach, besides winning a Super Bowl, you, a brand new head coach and a brand new GM is to inject. I'm gonna use it again. Your vision into the team. His principle, that kind of went away from me, like second half of the season, because you're operating now with second strings and third string guys. And so you're kind of just getting a look-see to the deeper end of your roster. Ryan Poles as a GM, give him a B for making tough decisions. Mm -hmm. I mean, making tough decisions, that's, that's, that's hard. It's yeah. hard to trade Ra Roquan Smith. I think the Ravens the Ravens is about to pay him. Like in terms of the AFC, he's one of the, he's one of the top dudes. He's one of the top linebackers in the AFC, John. Yeah, so well, they, Ryan, if, they, if they franchise Lamar, they got to pay Roquan. That's just that's basically how it's going to work. One or the other. And so, um, Eberflus, he he's like we talked about it the other week. He's the guy looking for like okay, next year is my real time. And so I'll give it BB in terms of implementing vision because the guys still played hard. Like, honestly, guys, let's be straight up with it. I don't want to say we lost on purpose, but, like, yeah. Over, <laughs> well, plus, plus Eberflus was getting good play out of guys that were bagging groceries last month. You know what I mean? Mm. Exactly. You're looking at secondary. <laughs> exactly. Hell, look at Jack Sanborn. The season's hey, pretty much that jersey's over. on its way. Yeah, as it should be. I like Jackson. Yeah. <laughs> and John, you brought it up earlier about the games under a one possession loss. Mm -hmm. 
And, and guys, the last time we lost to the Vikings, it was by one possession on a last-minute strip. I was, we were on the way to the game-winning game. And so I feel like we are closer than we think. Yeah. We are closer than we think, which is why this draft is so important. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and at, before you no pass off it off, season. I'm just gonna say, Brandon Cooks have is available for draft now, per the Texans. Mm. So to land him with a, some late round picks and still draft the wide receiver, if you bring up the Jets, I want the dude Wilson. There's no the conversation about it. Yeah. So it may be an opportunity to land somebody in a trade, and somebody in the draft. But in terms of what Danny says about the draft. We, what the Cowboys did before they drafted Zeke, we have a prime opportunity to do. Load up and address the offensive and defensive line. Get somebody like Harrison or Parson, who's a dual threat, John. All right, Danny, we'll kick it over to you. Uh, Report cards. I know you're you're high on both of the. You're high on polls. What do you What do you think about him and uh, and Aberflus for the season? Well, I don't know if I'm, I'd go as far as saying I'm high on polls. I've, well, I've, you I've like got, him. <laughs> I've, I've, got, I've got my eye on polls. Yeah. And like I said, this is a big offseason for him. You know, for me, just the, the overall talent of, of the roster was, was obviously deficient. And we know what, what, we're, you know, what they're doing. They're trying to bear, ship it down, you know, and, and bring in their culture and all that stuff. So for Ryan Poles, I, I can't give him a C because it, the, the overall talent on the roster wasn't that great. So I'll, I'll give him a D. You know, I, I like some of his picks. You know, Brisker looks like he's going to be a, a, a guy that's going to be a starter in that defense secondary. Kyler Gordon came on, but too many ups and downs. I want to see some improvement with, with him, you know, in terms of next year. Um, you know, Braxton Jones, obviously your left tackle in the fifth round, that, that, that's a major, major get there. We talked about Bayless Jones and his inconsistencies this year as well to see him improve there as well. So we'll see what Ryan Poles does. But for him, I have to give him a D because, again, the overall, the talent on his roster was just horrible. I mean, so there, you know, to, your, to you guys' point, you know, there, there are guys that were, you know, uh, on the streets and they're, they're coming in and within, you know, Six days they're they're starting for the Bears, mm-hmm. so you know that, that that tells you what kind of the kind of depth, what kind of talent they have on, on the roster. For Eberflus and company, again, another another coach. Uh, you know, conservative defensive minded coaches are not my favorite, but one thing with Eberflus, I have to tip my cap to him because you know the guys play hard for him. You know, other than that yeah. game Detroit last week, you know, I, I think effort was there. I think the guys buy into him. Uh, you know, Luke Getzey looks like he's an offensive corner that's got some inno- innovation in him. The guy that can make adjustments on the fly. We, we saw how what happened after that Washington game, how he kind of turned that offense into a, a Justin Field-centric offense, and it, and it took off. You know, they were putting points on the board. They're still losing, but they were putting points on the board. So, you know, they, they look – Alan Williams got a lot of question marks in terms of, you know, defensive coordinator, him, his ability to call defenses. So we'll see how that happens. So, so but but because the fact that Iberflus was given the hand he was given, that the team played hard for him you know, most of the time. They were, they were one in seven in, in one-score games. You know, so I I think that's a, a tip of the hat to the coaching staff. So I'll give them a C to C minus there for for the coaching staff. Uh, but you know, obviously both the coaches and the front office are going to be on high alert. Uh, like I said earlier in the show, John, we're, we're keeping receipts now. Now we're, now oh, it's yeah. now it's your show. Now you can't say it's Nagy or Pace or oh, so on and so forth. You know, Nagy and Pace gave you Justin Fields, right? And uh, and and you know, so we'll we'll see how that goes from there. But uh, this is from now on here. It's going to be the Ryan Poles and, and Matt Eberflus show, and we're keeping receipts. So Danny, Danny, so Danny, bro, and you bring up great points, bro, and that's what's freaking exciting for me. You said one in seven, and one point games. One score bro, games, yeah, yeah, one possession games, yeah. And so look, and so look how, 
look how depleted we are. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One is in what the fact that we're even in one score. Yeah. Have an opportunity to win a game within one score and being so depleted should tell you something. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You're, I mean, you're, you're right. And the fact that I, I was going to give them both, I was going to I was going to cop out and say, give them incompletes, but that'd be, that, that, that's not, that's not fair in the, in the nature of the game. So I'll give them both a C, uh, mainly because the fact that the, the, the Detroit game didn't happen more often or at least happen earlier is a testament to guys wanting to play for this coach and playing hard and being in those one possession games where I said the majority of the games this year, the Bears were at a disadvantage at talent. And no matter what, no matter who they were playing, they're going to be at a disadvantage of talent. And the fact that they could still keep it interesting, keep it close, and then they obviously weren't able to close it out. That's it's yeah, that that's unfortunate. And hopefully, you hopefully you you're hoping to turn the page next year, where instead of you know one and seven in those games, you're seven and one in those games. You're able to close those games out. Uh, and for Ryan Poles, I just think that. This dude had a vision coming in, and it was like, I'm going to strip everything absolutely down. We're gonna we're gonna clear house, we're gonna get all these contracts off the books, and then we're gonna build it up. So uh I mean it, it didn't start off well when his his first big splash in free agency was uh Ogan Joby, and then he didn't he failed the physical, and then it ended up going to Pittsburgh. Uh so I think that uh I'm gonna I, I'm gonna give him a C just because I think that he's starting out the first phase of his plan. I think mm-hmm. it's phase one complete. Now, now it's phase two where anyone can, you know, anyone can clear out a cupboard. Now you got to stock it. And so I think right. that it's, it's, it, we're going to see what's going to happen now. Uh, it's, it, this is, this is going to be just, it's, it's one of the most pivotal, important off seasons uh, that I can remember in recent history for the Chicago bears, because they are going to look very, very different next year. Uh, and, and like Danny said earlier in the broadcast, if they screw this up, you're also setting the team back four or five years because you're pushing all of these resources into how you're going to build this team. And if the team doesn't work, then you're kind of stuck with it. Uh, so we'll see how that goes. And just because, and, and kind of rolling off of that uh, Ryan Poles talk, are there any of the free agencies or any of the free agent signings this year? that Ryan Poles make that you would consider re-signing? Not the guys that he gave multi-year deals to, not the undrafted free agents, or not the guys that, are, that he drafted. Is there anyone that he signed in free agency in this past offseason that you're bringing back? Because the only one I could think of is maybe Nicholas Morrow. Uh, but is, uh, but is there any other one that he signed? Because I think uh, he traded for... Nikhil Harry, uh, Justin Jones. Um, I'm trying to think of some of the other free agents. Uh, uh, let's just say Pringle is a free agent. He, I think he might be. Uh, the, the, are there any of those guys that you're saying, you know what? They proved enough. Let's bring them back. Uh, for me, for me, it was uh, it was it was the um, uh, Nicholas Morrow was was a linebacker. Depending on what you do on linebacker, obviously, you know, I think I think Sam Bourne has entrenched himself as one of the starters. Now you probably bring in another another young kid there. Uh, in, in terms of a draft pick or maybe a veteran, who knows? We'll see how that goes. But I, I think uh, I think that's the guy. At the top of mind right now was 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 Nick Morrow. Justin Jones is a solid veteran. Uh, he's a guy that I would I would bring back in terms of a, of a rotation, but not a guy that I would bring to count on to be my three technique or my starting defensive tackle uh, next season. So you know that that's you know those are the names offensively. I can you know Riley Reef was a solid veteran signing. Um, you know, late signing uh, in, in, the, in the training camp area. But, uh, you know, again, we saw today, you know, he's not what he used to be. Uh, although he did solidify right tackle for us when we needed him, you know, you know when, when we lost um, uh, Borm early on. Uh, but, you know, there's, there's not, uh, you know, if they lose Riley Reef, I'm not going to lose sleep over it. 
you know, right. even if you lose Nick Morrow, I'm not going to lose sleep over it, to be honest with you. But but he's a, he's the one guy. If, if I say, all right, one of the veteran signings he, he made, if we could bring him back for another short-term contract, I'd be fine with it until you bring in a permanent replacement for Nick Morrow. Any other names or anybody else that <laughs> think that we should bring well, back? And- Danny kind of covered them all. I was going to take Justin Jones, you know, as a depth piece. I, I feel like he could be a, a rotational guy that you bring in to help, especially if you end up drafting a Jalen Carter. If he has issues with stamina, he's going to have to have – you have to have good depth behind him then. Uh, so, that, I mean, that's the only one that came to my mind. I, I feel like Nick Nick Morrow, he's been fine, but I think he's replaceable. Mm-hmm. I mean, Jack Sanborn's an undrafted free agent who's now your starter and, and made you comfortable enough with trading away Roquan. I'm sorry, Brother Gaines. I know you love Roquan. Uh, but, I, but I think uh, Sanborn made them think, like, well – can we pay this guy 24 million or can we let him walk and, and, and re refill the production, you know, via the draft or undrafted free agent. And, mm-hmm. and I think they did a, a good job of that. Gaines, you bringing anybody back that, <laughs> uh, that Paul signed in the off season? I didn't care about anybody until, until <laughs> Danny about Jones mm-hmm. to tell you the truth, because honestly, John, it's like, it, if we're going to rebuild, we got to freaking really rebuild. Oh, they will. We can't like, we can't just hold on to like sentimental things. Like, bro, I want to win a Super Bowl. I can't make that clear enough. It's time to like freaking win. Not about emotions at this point. If your, if your if your thought process is contrary to winning the overall goal, you shouldn't be a part of this vision. Period. In the story. Mm-hmm. So we have an abundance of rookies coming in. We might have 12 rookies coming. Who knows? That's what, with, with the draft, the way this draft is looking, we're going to have some top quality guys. We need space for them. We, we're going to need space. I'm happy with what we saw today. Um, Bayless Jones, Tyler Gore, um, Brisker with the, some vicious hits. These guys are young. Eddie Jackson showed his, showed his worth as a leader. But, like, um, John, in terms of, I think Nick Morrow was cool. He's a good, He's a linebacker. He's an NFL pro. But mm-hmm. at the end of the day, I saw the taper off when Roquan left. Zambor, bro, I love it. I love that guy, bro. I yeah, love Zambor. I think he's I under love- contract for like another two years. <laughs> it's like a three-year <laughs> deal he's technically under because <laughs> under him. So, so I mean, I feel, I think that there's a general consensus here that we're not going to be heartbroken if one of Brian Pohl's first uh, off-season uh, signees are not back. Uh, let's talk about guys that are already on the team. Are there any guys that you say, you know what, we could cut bait with uh, and we're going to be just fine because, I, well, let's just start with it. Let's just start with the with the main name that most people are talking about is David Montgomery. And, and, and is this a, is this a name that you that and this a guy that obviously means a lot to this team is a leader on the team. He runs hard, love his passion. Seem doesn't seem to be when he does get hurt. It doesn't seem to be he's hurt for very long or he uh, defies expectations on how long he's actually going to be out. Let's not forget that the beginning of I was it last season. They thought he, they lost him like a serious knee injury and he was still ready right. for like week one. Uh, so um, is this a guy that you want to bring back depending on it? Because I think unlike wide receiver, there's quite a plethora of uh of free agent running backs out there i believe uh well although the giants plan on or there's a report that they want to re-sign saquon barkley he could potentially be hitting the market josh jacobs will be hitting the market miles sanders is going to be out there uh the the the, the guy from the patriots i'm missing i'm messing up his name right now damian gonna be harris. Out, damian harris gonna be out there uh kareem hunt's gonna be out there uh and then david montgomery's gonna be out there uh 
do you think that the market could dictate him as a, as a small enough price that they could just bring him back? Or is this a guy that you want to see back? And I'll let, I'll just throw that out to anybody who wants to jump in. Well, for me, no, I shouldn't have done that. No, for me, for me, it's, it's with Montgomery. Uh, first of all, my rule is I, I do not sign running backs unless they're great to second, second year contracts. I just, or, or second contracts in general. So I, I mean, Montgomery, love him, love leadership, love what he brings to the team. But, but he's not a guy that, it, again, if, depending on what the market brings him, brings him a, brings him a $9, $10 million, $11 million contract, I, I, can't, I can't pay that. But if you're talking about a modest $6, 7000000 million on a one, two-year deal, you know, he's a nice one-two punch, him and Khalil Herbert in the, in the backfield. So Because I, I can go get you a running back in the second or third round or even fourth, fifth round in this draft that can come in and be a contributor for you next year. That, that's how easy these guys are, are flipped. Um, you know, a lot of guys are, are talking about free agents in terms of Tony Pollard. I love Tony Pollard. Tony I think Pollard. he'd be a nice complement to what, a killer Herbert doesn't for the bears. But again, you're talking about a guy that's going to get probably more money because he brings mm-hmm. you more, more money than Montgomery because it brings you more in terms of what he gives you in, the, in a passing game in terms of what you can slot, put him on a slot receiver, have him run routes and all that stuff. So again, running backs are, are to me, I can find them in, in, the, in the draft, especially if you have a starter in trench, which for me, Khalil Herbert is a guy that I would, I would easily move into the starting role. He's got to work on his pass blocking. That's one thing we, yeah. he's, he's got to work on his pass blocking, but you know, I'd, I'd be comfortable there. In terms of your first question, uh, a guy that that we could you know let go and, and not blink an eye on, and I think I mentioned him earlier in the show, is Cody Whitehair. Cody He's Whitehair. making nine million next year. He's a guy for me. Is just a guy out there right now. Um, you know, injuries and, and and the you know playing all these you know, multiple seasons has taken a toll on him. Eventually, I think he's a guy that you know if you release him, I think I you know we can probably fill in. Uh, again, depending on what you're doing for agency, when you're doing the draft, you can probably fill in easily and, and, and get them out of there and, and save that $9 million. Not that you need, not that you're up against the cap or anything like that, but $9 million is still $9 million. Uh, you can always you know release that guy as a veteran and, and move on there as well. But, uh, yeah, so that, that's the one veteran that, that comes to mind is, is a guy. And, and to guys, and you guys might disagree here, but Travis Gibson is a guy that really, really disappointed me this year. I think he's a guy that, that if you cut bay with him, you know, before the season, I'd be like, no way. He's he's a guy you can you know right. use as a foundation, at least as as a as a left defensive end. He could be a base defensive end guy. He really disappointed me today, and for some reason today he had the 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 the, the courage to yak back and forth with Justin Jefferson. I'm not sure what was going on there. It's like, dude, you're you're down. You're getting you're getting killed here. What are you what are you yakking back and forth with Justin just Justin Jefferson for? But anyway, he's another veteran that that uh, if you let go, I, I would have no problems with. Kick it over to you, AC. Is there uh, what are you? What are your thoughts um, on David Montgomery, and then uh, anyone on the on the anyone else on the team? Yeah, I was gonna let the brother Gaines go because it sounded like he had something to say. Uh, but I'm pretty set for set with Danny. If we can get him Monty for a one to two year contract, I'm cool with that. But for the most part, and you see it around the league when these running backs get their big second contracts, they injuries start piling up, they start slowing down. And you can usually replace them via the draft. I love what Montgomery does on the field as well as off the field because he's such a great leader uh, and and just a, a humble guy. He seems like the kind of guy that I could we would hang out at the bar and have a and have a beer with. You know what I'm saying? And and, and those kind of guys they they don't just grow on trees, um, especially at that at that level in the NFL. But uh, yeah, I'm I'm looking at the draft. Um, for the most part, maybe he's a guy that because of the running back market, he's still sitting there after the draft and say you miss out on a guy that you thought you that you had your eye on in the draft. Maybe you can call Montgomery up after that and say, hey, man, do you want to come back? You know, give you a, I don't know, two year, 
10 million dollar contract or something get him for five or six million a year um i'd be perfectly fine with that and then he talked about gibson as soon as you said gibson i threw the deuces up i mean you can there's there's we're, we're the number one overall pick for a reason fellas there's not a whole lot of guys on this roster that i'm gonna shed a tear on if they if they're out the door next year you know yeah that's a great point it's like wait let's let's not grasp one oh i like this guy i like this guy like well you can't <laughs> like everybody on a three and 14 ball clubs so right, <laughs> they're right. gonna have to gonna have to cut bait with a, a few people here Gaines. i'm gonna bring you in on this one uh i know you like david montgomery i i know you like culture guys he's definitely a culture guy what are you what are you doing with him i, I understand the business aspect danny i think danny danny should replace tech to me <laughs> because he knows business aspects and he knows football in my opinion and so but to answer this question i'm not getting upset because i'm almost sober and so the David Montgomery keep us from winning. I like first of all, one, I believe we can get David Montgomery on discount. That's one. I feel like we can get him at a great discount. There was no reason to go away. David Montgomery he fights for extra yards all the time. I don't I understand you want to switch guys out, but when we talk like that, you got to understand that's why guys hold out yeah. because we're going to think like that. And then they, they got to tell Herbert come here and get 2,000 yards here. They pulled him out. So it's like, yo, we got to treat our people good who were here during the bad times. Mm. I think that Montgomery on a team, and we get the piece that we're supposed to have, we're going to always play with a lead, right? A running back playing with a lead runs differently, in my opinion. And so I hope we can save it. But guess what, John? I would not mind adding Kareem Hunt to the table, to, to Kareem mm. Hunt to it. I would love that trifecta. I would truly love that, in my opinion. Can you get rid of a ball and go get a running back? For sure. But you want somebody who can set culture. It's something to be said about a running, uh, any player, not position, in the locker room. Being able to calm down spirits when it gets tough. David Montgomery has been here through two different regimes so far. So well, there are some things off the field that I feel like aren't as valued as how they, as they should be. Well, yeah, I don't agree. Not don't don't pay him over nine. Don't pay him over nine million. Yeah, for sure. We got mm. the cap, but I hope we hold on to him. He's not holding us back from winning a playoff game. So I think that. As much as the free agent market may hinder the Bears in the wide receiver position, that may help them at the running back position because if it was just David Montgomery and then nobody else, then he could command right. a little bit more money. Just like I think the the best free agents in the at the wide receiver position might be McCole Hardman and Alan Lazard, and if they're the best that you got in free agency, they can command more money than they normally would if there were some other high profile free agents in that class. So uh, I think with having all those extra names at the running back position, you will bring down the average salary or at least you're you're gonna at least gonna uh you're gonna stabilize it is no one's gonna get a crazy position at, at the no one's gonna get a crazy contract at the running back position uh so if you can sign montgomery for a a two-year 11 million dollars and maybe you can cut bait after the first year sure. then you do it because i understand and danny i 100 agree with you that you can draft a guy in the 
third, fourth round and, and, and get pr- productivity out of him. We've seen it. We've, we, we, we've seen those, those guys that can just be a shot in the arm and they were, you know, the, the hundredth overall pick or whatever. So, but uh, maybe if you're able to bring Montgomery back on a good discounted price and you keep him and Herbert intact, that's one less position you got to waste a draft pick on. I don't want to say waste, but spend a draft pick on because then you can go on another position of need. But John, that's what I was saying. But that's what I'm saying. We don't have to create need. Hmm? We don't have to create a need because even with Cody White here, if he's not for somebody's not for snuff. But what I'm saying is, David, bro, at some point, why not pay guys for what they've done? He paid on this full rookie contract without complaining. Yeah. Oh, I agree. I don't. I don't know if you should pay people for what they've done, though. I think you should pay them for what they're gonna do. I mean, we, you don't want to get you don't want to get caught in a contract where let's just say, listen, running backs have a short shelf life, and if he if something would happen and in a high collision position, are you gonna are you gonna really pay him eight million dollars a year and all of a sudden he, and and he falls off or loses a step? I'm not I'm not in it for just saying, hey, thanks a lot. Here's a here's a nice retirement package or not a retirement, but you know what I mean. Don, you're right, but but bro, true transparency. When Mitch Trubisky was figuring out stuff, David Montgomery was our best offensive weapon, bro. Yeah, and they like, and they were and they were a bad team. But he but he was the offense. He got the, I mean his yards speak for themselves. I think his average right now is over six yards per carry as a bear. Well, what did that what did that get them though? Is that the running back's fault, bro? No, I'm just saying, if you're if you're going to invest in the position because he was your offense and then you didn't win anything, why would you continue to invest in that position? Well, this this sounds a lot like the argument we had when uh, when when uh, we had Jordan Howard at running back. He was the only guy we had on offense. We didn't let him come back. You know, we moved on. We found a guy in the draft. And, and listen. I don't want this. To, I don't want this to turn into. I don't want to bring David Montgomery back. That's not the case at all. What I'm saying is, I'm not going to pay a guy because uh, be, because like he was really good a couple of years ago when he was like the only productive guy on the team a couple of years ago. If he comes at a good price, absolutely six, mm-hmm. maybe even seven million dollars. I can understand that. I can swallow that. But I, but I'm not going to go if he if he gets an eight million dollar uh, contract or an eight point five million dollar contract from somebody else. I'm not gonna be like, well, the Bears need to go above and top that. They need to go at nine and a half million. I, I'm right. just just not gonna not gonna do that. I mean, we'll see what they want to do, and I think Gaines is having connectivity problems, but uh, we'll try to get him back in here as quickly as possible. But uh, I think I just saw in the chat room, you know, running backs probably the least of the concerns right now. So we don't need to talk, we don't need to talk yeah. you 15, 20 minutes about the running back position because that's they did run the ball well this year. Uh, right. So. Uh, as we as we keep that, we're 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 about an hour and fifteen in. Is there anything else that we need to touch on before we start wrapping this up? Because you know now the real fun starts. This is when Danny gets into his his prime now, and we're yep. he's we're we're about we're about ready to you know pull the hit, hit the pull start on Danny. He's going to be fluttering around until May. So yeah. uh, anything else we need to talk about directly draft after on tap starts comes back uh, this this Wednesday, January eleventh. Draft on uh, tap. I was gonna, yeah, we're going to plug we're going to plug that away for sure. <laughs> but uh, uh, we'll hopefully get Gaines back in here so we can sign off the the proper way. But uh, AC, anything uh, anything that's on your mind before we start uh, wrapping this up? Something interesting I've seen a lot of guys talk about in the chat is an extra tight end. I talked about it earlier. I talked about Cole Komet needed an upgrade there, and all of a sudden he exploded. 
Danny, do you think it's a smart idea to bring in, like, I don't know, a Gasecki out of Miami yes. or yes. someone like it. that that yep. can go yep. with him? <laughs> yeah, there's nothing wrong with having two tight ends that, you know, obviously the Cole Komet, his strength is as a Y inline blocking tight end. Uh, he's, he's, he's expanded his game, like I said, this year in terms of, uh, you know, uh, being a, a, a target, a primary target for Justin Fields. I think he led the team today with, with, with four catches for 55 yards and a touchdown. So I think he's got seven touchdowns uh, this season. So obviously that's a big, big step there. But yeah, bringing a guy, you know, who, who's more of a more of a split or what I call the joker position where you can line him up as a receiver, you can line him up in the slot. You, you can move him around, you know, put him out in, in the, um, in the, in the backfield. Like, like, for example, this, this kid, Okwanko that, that the Titans uh, got last year from Maryland kids, super athletic. doesn't have the, the build of a, of a traditional tight end. He's probably like six, two or something like that, but he's a freak in terms of, you know, physique. And, and he's a guy who can get down a football field and threaten the football field. And, and a guy like that, whether it's Gasecki, whether it's an Evan Ingram, who's had a really terrific season oh, with, yeah. with the Jaguars. That's I think he won a one-year deal there with, with Jacksonville. He's a guy that brings you that explosiveness, a guy that can stretch the seam. Again, the more weapons you can get onto the football field, whether at the receiver, whether at tight end, or whether a running back or whatever, will only uh, go ahead and help you and become more of an explosive offense. But, yes, if you want to go with traditional you know, two tight ends, you can, you can bring in a, a guy like a Gasecki or, and, and a commit. And now you have two guys that, that the defense has to worry about. Then obviously whatever happens a receiver and, and obviously then in the backfield and Justin Fields. So now you're becoming a threat as offense. So yes, anytime there's a, there's a potential to bring in a weapon, a guy that can be a, a asset to the passing game, you got to think about it, especially if you're a, a team like the Bears that really has nothing in terms of assets uh, on offense. All right. Hey, Gaines, good to see you back in here. We're getting we're getting our parting shots in as we wrap up this 2022-2023 uh, season of Bear football. What's on your mind? Parting shot message to everybody, because we are going to have a lot of special episodes coming into the offseason, obviously. <laughs> but uh, this is our last, you know, scheduled, definitely going to happen yeah, after a postgame show kind of thing. So what, what do you what do you got for us, Gaines, as we, as I we mean, say goodbye? I mean, it was fun getting heated. <laughs> Kind of like not really. Me, we've gotten heated before, but not really heated. But it was oh. fun to get warmed up, and then my phone started acting silly. <laughs> but um, nah, man. Um, I'm just overall excited. Whatever it takes for the ben, for the Bears to win the division, create playoff berths. I'm down, Danny. I'm like, I don't, I don't want to make emotional decisions. As like Ryan Poles has done very a good job of taking his emotions out of it and doing what's yeah. best for the organization. At the end of the day, we've been so mad before because we have done emote. We're emotionally invested. John has blood invested into this team, and so at the end of the day, we w I wouldn't win the Super Bowl. So I'm down for whatever it takes. But I'm. All oh, oh yeah, 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 he got he got caught ready to say do whatever it Man, takes. Shut up. <laughs> and he's, uh, <laughs> I think he's trying to FaceTime back. This is, this is yeah, I think we can hear you, but you're you're frozen. You on there, Gaines? Come on. I don't think he can hear us. Are you 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 with us, bud? This is this 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 actually is the good epitome of the Bears season. We were there. It's not there, and now he's back. I think. I think he's back. Well, again, uh, <laughs> you with us, Gaines? And now That's you're me. muted or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, you're you're muted out. Although it did cut, it did cut out at a good point where you said, "I'm going to do whatever it takes," and then everything went to hell. So <laughs> I, <laughs> I think that I think that uh, maybe maybe you just made a deal with it. Like you can't. He's out. He's out. Okay, yeah. so <laughs> uh, maybe we'll get him back in. But 
Um, before before I kick it out to Danny to, to kind of show what, show what the offseason is going to look like and what all these big sticking points are going to be, uh, I just want to say this has been a, a fun season. Listen, it's not always easy talking about a team that you – Feels probably going to lose almost every week, and 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 yeah. especially when you're doing a show, you're like we're talking about the same damn things over and over and over again. Okay, they can't block. Oh my god, they can't pass. Oh my god, they're playing guys that shouldn't be on the field. Like we can only say the same thing over and over again until it's just like I don't even want to listen to me. What are you people doing here? So uh, I do appreciate everyone that has been a part of this show whether you're in the chat room in the live version or you're listening to the podcast version the audio version the video version uh just just know that you are appreciated because this this was a hard season to get through uh it did go fast but it was a tough season to sled through just because of uh all of the all the losses all of the the poor product on the field and we're hoping that we have already we've invested what we need to invest it emotionally now and then the other part of that karma is going to come back to us next year where we're going to yeah. see we're going to see a very different product on the field and we're hoping that it turns around like that so uh with that before before we close out danny talk talk to us about draft on tap because this is where this is where bears fans are going to get really invested now they want to know what's going to happen they want to know who they could potentially take at either one or they trade back in the top 10 or whatever uh talk about uh, draft on tap and some of the some of the big i think the east west shrines coming up and uh, mm-hmm. and the senior bowl and all this other stuff uh, what are what are you uh, what's what's going on yeah, so like I mentioned earlier, draft. We just had a meeting, me, Neil, and Aldo this past week. Uh, draft on tap. Our first show will be this Wednesday, uh, uh, January 11th at, at 8 p.m. Central. So uh, we'll you know keep an eye on that. We'll hope you guys can jump us and jump on and, and join the, the chat. Uh, Osley, obviously, as as we always uh, you know encourage everyone to, to come on. This is going to be a huge year for all the reasons we, we already talked about and covered in, in this show. So yeah, looking forward to that. Uh, we're gonna have some some changes, big time changes to draft on tap. So we'll we look forward to everyone kind of just listening and, and, and listen to and finding out what the changes are excited about that. And obviously excited for this off season to see what, what the bears do. Uh, you know, we we, I anticipate a lot of huge, like, you know, like impromptu, uh, you know, uh, uh, media or uh, shows put together because of some, some, some big acquisitions of bears made or big moves they've made. So that's what uh, I'm, I'm anticipating this off season as well. But the, the one thing that I am looking forward to or whenever Ryan Poles and, and Matt Eberflus have their season ending press conferences, the one thing I wanted them to come out and say, you know, they, they've hinted at it. They've dropped hints and, 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 and other sources have said that other coaches said it. I want, cause, cause there's a, there's a lot of crap out there guys about drafting a quarterback about using the first overall pick to pick a, a quarterback. And I, and, and I, I refuse, I said it last time, I, I refuse to even acknowledge those suggestions, those questions, because to me, Justin Fields is a clear-cut franchise quarterback for this team. Is he there yet? Is he full developed? No, but he's going to go into this offseason, and he's going to become better. He's going to get better. So I have no questions there. But I want to see Matt, you know, or Ryan Poles or Eve come on and say, yes, we are building this team around Justin Fields. Just plain and simple, period, done. No, we're, we're, we're looking at all positions and, and he's probably going to end up doing that because as yeah. a GM, you got to make other teams think you could possibly take a quarterback. So they won't just say, oh, you know what? The Bears aren't taking a quarterback, so we don't have to worry about the Bears. So so I think he's going to come on and talk GM talk, if you will. But I would love just to him say, you know what? Justin Fields is our quarterback. We love the improvement we've seen in him. We know there's more room for growth. We know there's more room for improvement, but he is a guy we are building this franchise around, period, done. So that would kill all these talks about oh look at cj straw oh look at you know will live or look at this guy and this guy that's the one thing i would i would wish would happen but we'll, we'll hold on and see if that actually happens but yeah draft on tap guys starts wednesday we are going to be 
diving into these prospects, diving into the, to the Bears uh, in terms of their draft needs and all that stuff. So please join us. And as always, we always encourage you guys to participate and, and, and you know, let us know who you want us to scout, break down for you on these shows upcoming. So looking forward to that for sure. Can't wait. Can't wait for that. Games, before your phone cuts out again, give us a two, give us like a 20-second outro. 20-second outro, real quick. The Bears are good. I love them. So. Hey, that's, <laughs> that's what I like to hear. AC, I didn't give you a chance to say goodbye. So get, what do you got? Yeah, well, um, Barfly Tailgate, we're going to have a couple of special shows this offseason. I spoke about it this morning. We're having uh, uh, Ryan Kirkland Billings' cousin, Andrew Billings, is a Las Vegas Raider and future free agent. We're going to have an interview with him. Uh, we're going to come on and have a draft special, and we'll probably have a free agency special. We'll put out information for those, you know, when the times come closer and I've been invited on uh, Danny Shimon's show with draft on tap. So I'll have to go on with those guys. And, um, and if you're looking for guys that I want you to scout, man, I, I probably got a list about a hundred long, man. I, <laughs> I've already been doing mock drafts and everything. And they're all from Kentucky, to... by the way, guys, they're all from Kentucky. That's fine. No, not all of them. Not <laughs> all of them. Man, you know, I, I'm a, I'm a little biased on a lot of my guys, but uh, I mean, that's, that's just me. Um, but, but that's that's what I got going on this offseason, man. And um, I'll let you go ahead and close this out, John, if you want to. Hey, John, before you close this out, brother John, um, guys, I'm truly, truly, first of all, shout out to Aldo. He is the Absolutely. wizard behind the curtain at the Barroom Network. It's been a freaking awesome season. I mean, every, it's so much happening within the network. You all have no idea how much Aldo appreciates the retweets, the likes. You guys come into every show showing love for all the Chicago sports. It means a lot. Aldo thinks tirelessly about how he can support the fans even more. And I got his back on it a thousand percent. So does John, so does Danny, so does AC and all the shows. Just like whenever you guys have a minute, a minute, give Otto a shout out on Twitter, bro. Like this dude truly, this is his life. I mean, he has a family. He truly has a family shop. What's, is that Belisimo? What's up, Belisimo? Yeah. What's up, dog? What's up, dog? But give Aldo a shout out, man. Like, he truly takes time away from his family, as we all do, to put on great content for you guys. And Danny Shim is going to be killing it all offseason for the draft on tap. And last thing, John, um, as of Thursday, officially, I have been announced at a high school here in Baltimore, Maryland as the performance enhancement specialist strength and conditioning coach for nice. a for a ranked state for a football team we have the top we have a top five quarterback in the state and the top five um defensive tackle and um, it's been a blessing beyond my deserving and um truly going to help these kids i'm going to help them get your attention danny i'm going to help them get to college so they can get your attention but um that's what I'll be doing this off season outside of my own personal things. I'll be go I will be going to Africa as well, as you guys know, is what helped those kids over there. But John, Danny, our first season together. I mean, I love you guys. It's been super, super dope. Mr. Kabisi's great. Oh, <laughs> oh, yeah, I had to just put that little exclamation. <laughs> I think all John right, could gonna... probably find you a couple of Trubisky jerseys at the I'm clearance store about... there in Pittsburgh. I'm joking, I'm joking, I'm joking, I'm joking. I'm taking us out of here. And by the way, before we cut things out, just to answer, uh, I think Barry Lisa will put it in the chat, over, under, on trade downs in the first round, 1.5. 
over. They're going to make a movie about it. He's going to trade down three times, 45 picks. They're going to be picking. You're going to have six first-round picks in 2043. You're going to see it. Anyway, uh, <laughs> but thank you so much for uh, for tuning in to Bear Football. We truly appreciate it. Uh, a lot of shows going on. We're going to be doing special Buffone 55s throughout the offseason, whether it's free agency, the draft, and or a big signing like uh, some of us were talking about. Potentially, there could be a breaking news like when we had when the, the Khalil Mack thing down. I believe we actually did one when the Andy Dalton news came down, too. But that was more of satire than anything else. So once again, whether you're listening to the live version, the podcast version, the video version, or the audio version, thank you so much for tuning into the Barroom Network on Bear Football. For Aaron Curran, AC, Tyler Ellis, Gaines, and Danny, nah, just the draft legend, Shimon, we appreciate you. I'm John Buffone. We'll see you next time.